I have a monkey mind, which means I get distracted and lose my thoughts easily. So I'd like to talk to you about Notion, a productivity software that allows you to track projects and the other cool stuff. I've been using Notion for about a year now and have loved the freedom it gives me in my business. I'm a proud Notion affiliate as it is my one-stop shop for the back end of my business and my brain when I'm not using my brain. Does that make sense? I didn't think so. <laughs> See what I mean by a monkey mind? I use Notion as a database and a way to track my programs, clients, and projects. If you're looking for a digital tool for your team, personal use, or business, you can check it out on our affiliate link in the episode description. Start today and get organized for tomorrow. Arrive and Thrive would like to begin by first acknowledging the traditional custodians of the land of which we recorded this podcast and extend our respect to elders, past, present, and emerging. Emily Pendlebury, Julia Wolf Rhodes, welcome to the Arrive and Thrive Career Podcast. We got there in the end, team. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks we so much for having us, Tyson. <laughs> we're, uh, yeah, it's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, we're calling in remote. Um, so I'll do my best not to talk over both of you because I can be a little bit of a, a chatterbox sometimes. But please introduce yourself to our listeners. Uh, Emily, how about we start with, with you? I'm Emily Pendlebury. I am a cybersecurity consultant. I am originally from Melbourne. Um, however, I've just recently moved up to Sydney, New South Wales, and slowly transitioning to NRL over AFL. Um, and I'm also a co-host with my friend Julia here um, to Girls Talk Cyber. So, pleasure to be here. Awesome. And Julia, introduce yourself. Yeah, thanks, guys. Um, so, hi, everyone. I am Julia. Um, I'm originally from Tassie, and Em and I have a bit of a um, first job love story where we met, and then we became internet besties um, virtually. <laughs> and together, yes, we're both cybersecurity um, consultants, and now we uh, host our podcast, Girls Talk Cyber, which we're super passionate about and really excited to be chatting about with you today. Fantastic. I'm stoked to have you on the show because – we haven't actually had many people from the, I suppose, technology sector, which is, is where I suppose you'd put cybersecurity. So would love to open it up to both of you. You know, what is cybersecurity? Is that like protecting, you know, my, my Gmail account? Is it like, you know, <laughs> making sure I don't get harassed by people on uh, like um, bots on social media? Like, yeah, talk to me about what is cybersecurity. Yeah, so... Cybersecurity it can be a bit of a buzzword at the moment. Like in the news, you often hear about a data breach or ransomware. Um, we heard about it with Medibank, Optus. Um, but I think it actually combines technology and people together. And you have to make sure that the people element are educated and secure online as well as your technology. Um, so we do work in the technology space, but I also like to think we work in helping people stay safe online and make sure um, our communities are protected as best we can. Um, so that's kind of what drew, drew me to cybersecurity because it is um, ticking off that box of purpose in my day-to-day -day job by helping people um, be safe. Fantastic. And Julia, can you relate to that as well? Yeah, absolutely. I think um, it's an incredibly rewarding space to be working in and to be exploring. Um, yeah, to be contributing to people's online safety is a really uh, rewarding thing. And it's really cool, isn't mm. it? 
evergreen area of growth and opportunity and um, being able to do that on the daily is, is really awesome. Fantastic. And did, did both of you know that's what you wanted to study, you know, in high school when you were like going through that process of choosing potential careers and things like that? Like um, I haven't heard too many cases of, of um, young people going, yep, I'm going to study cybersecurity. It's like something that, that maybe they, they fall into, but what's your take? Yeah. Well, I completely fell into it. When I graduated in 2015, my degree didn't even exist. So I knew I really wanted to help people and I fell into nursing and midwifery as soon as I finished uh, high school. And I did a year and a half of that. And I just credit to nurses and midwives out there. They work so hard. And this was pre-pandemic, so pre-PPE days. Um, And my 20-year-old self was like too hard. I could never do that. Shift work wasn't for me. Um, and I dropped out, which at the time felt like a massive failure. Um, and my mum's a career advisor, so I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm dropping out of uni. This is like the ultimate bad <laughs> news story. Um, but then I kind of regrouped, took six months off just to figure out what I wanted to do. And it was one of those sliding door moments where looking back was actually a huge moment in my life. But I just happened to bump into a mum at my high school who was in cybersecurity and I was just whinging that I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. And she was like, have you heard of cybersecurity? And of course not. It was not across my radar. Um, I've always been into technology. I won the grade six media award at the time, which hey. is just like, can, well done. Can, <laughs> can you copy and paste text from one document <laughs> to the other? Um, but so then I knew I liked technology and I did it in year 10 um, as a subject like within VCE, but I was the only girl in the class and all my girlfriends are doing health. I wanted the baby experience that you got to take home and pretend to take care of. Um, so when I heard about cybersecurity, I was like, hang on, this feels like it is combining my two passions of helping people and technology. And then I, I kind of just fell down the hill. I looked at courses, I applied for a uni degree. It was the first year they ran the degree, Bachelor of Cybersecurity. Um, so it was very new. They were very um, open to like suggestions on how the course was going, how it was feeling. Um, so I kind of fell into it, I think you could say. Um, and now that it is an option, there's lots of scholarships that um, courses offer because they're trying to promote people into this space. Um, so definitely check out scholarships within the universities before you apply because they have a lot of cash. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And were you the same, Julia? A little bit different. Um, actually quite a bit different. <laughs> I was a complete accident falling into cybersecurity. Like getting to where I am now, it's often I'll, I'll look back and think, how the heck did I get here? <laughs> um, and I think that's because so did like him didn't know about cybersecurity, didn't necessarily know what I wanted to do. Um, I went to uni with an interest for uh, kind of people and managing people. So I actually did a, a double degree. I did a business management degree or a commerce degree um, and an arts degree, actually. And as part of my arts degree, there was a behavioral science component. So kind of the psychological um, component of humans and uh, a language. So a really broad breadth of stuff from from business chat to, you know, understanding how people tick and the developmental stages of a small child, you know. So really, really vast kind of, I guess, broad, broad sense of what I was getting into. Um, coming out of uni, I didn't have an idea of what I wanted to do. And 
it is funny when I chat to some of my friends now because I was always the friend who really couldn't connect their own Wi-Fi. I wasn't very tech savvy, just didn't want to touch it, you know, like I just sort of said, no, the computers aren't for me. And then it was only when I was looking for grad roles that, um, you know, a role came up and it had in its description that I didn't need to know any cybersecurity technically. Um, and, and it was it was basically advertising and encouraging people with really diverse backgrounds to apply, um, which kind of stopped me in my scrolling through yeah. all the jobs um, because I thought, hang on, this is a really cool different area that I've never, ever considered before. And if not, you know, um, been mocked for not even needing to try sort of thing. Um, but the thought of a door opening and a business being supportive of the growth and development in a new space was really, really attractive. Um, and, you know, it sort of had some of those classic more soft skills mentioned in the description, like a good attitude to learn and being able to communicate and those sorts of things. And I sort of thought, mm, like I've done enough of that at uni or I can I can do that. I've got transferable skills for my part-time uni jobs. Um, maybe this is worth putting my hat in the ring for. Um, which I did. And uh, I remember having quite a frank conversation with um, the talent team and and sort of being quite clear about, am I actually wasting your time applying for this job? Um, are you wasting mine? Like, is this just mm. not going to work out because I don't have the skills that I think I need for this job? Um, and they sort of gave me 24 hours. I looked looked into what cybersecurity was, um, learned a little bit more about um, potentially, yeah, what I was signing up for. And and after that, I thought, what the heck, I'll, I'll, I'll apply. And here we are. So Fantastic. it was a happy accident. Yeah, that's cool. Now, both of you mentioned that a big, like, human, personable, you know, approach to the work that you do. Can you give us, like, a, a snapshot of what a day in the life looks like in, in your roles and what type of role you do have in the cyberspace? Yeah, sure. So um, Emma and I both work in more of a strategic space. So if you think of cybersecurity as, you know, protecting people, protecting data, protecting um, online presence, these sorts of things. There's a huge spectrum there of really technical, intricate things, which happen at the techie end of things. And then there's almost, yeah, as, as we mentioned, this, this human element or this more strategic, higher level um, approach to cyber. So where Emma and I fit, we're, we're in more of the strategic space um, and I kind of see our role as fitting into a bit of a translator, translator between, um, you know, everyday people, business leaders, um, you know, people working in non-cyber related fields and translating what the more technical teams may have to say or are trying to encourage others to do. So where the human element, I think, comes in for our role specifically and M jump in any time is more around that being able to communicate the benefits and the value of having good cybersecurity or, um, you know, looking at it in terms of business impact or what um, what some of the consequences may look like if a business or organisation or an in individual were to be compromised. Mm, understand. Okay, cool. Em? Yeah, I think maybe like the lower level down of like what do we actually do on a day-to-day so we can work on projects that look at the company's current state. Um, so what are you doing well? What are you, maybe your pain points? What keeps you up at night that might get hacked overnight? Um, so that's what we're literally talking to them about one-to-one -one, um, throughout the day. And then we'll go and look at like the future. So the strategy side of things, like 
okay, with that in mind, where do you want to be? And again, that's a one-to-one conversation of like, oh, you did mention this. You are actually like legally obligated in uh, the next year to do this. So you should consider it. Um, so I kind of sometimes feel like a doctor that's like diagnosing the problem and then giving the treatment for like, how can you get better? Here's your medicine. Here's your plan. Um, over the next six weeks, the next three years. Um, but instead of a sickness, it's cyber security. The cyber doctor. Maybe. Yeah. CD. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, cool. And so I suppose the challenges that a lot of people are coming to you to seek advice on are, I'm assuming, around like data protection and, and like getting that, that concept of being hacked. Like is that is that correct or? I think it's a small portion of what they're coming to us for. Um it's probably more broad, like we, we look at the technology that you yep. use, we look at the people that you're using, and then we look at the processes. So in your example of data protection, like what technology are you using to protect your data? Yep. X, Y, Z, who's managing that people-wise? Do you have enough people? Do you have too many people? Um, and then processes, like what should they be doing? What should they be following? There's also an element of uh, cultural awareness as well. Cool. So a lot of... Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's actually a really big proportion of cyber breaches and cyber attacks which are um, triggered or induced by, um, you know, human error or a human person, employee, colleague, not Humanoids. picking up on a phishing link or, yeah. um, or you know, downloading something they shouldn't or whatever it might be. So there's a huge cultural and awareness piece that comes into that as well, um, which is very much that human element and and. We're hopefully doing that on the daily with our clients as well. Um, yeah, reminding people that the risks are there all of the time and and encouraging them or helping them be able to identify those risks. Yeah, fantastic, fantastic. So, like, from from your perspective, what are some of the main skills that you think you use on a, on a daily basis? So if we've got people listening going, oh, you know, thought about maybe jumping into cybersecurity, but I'm a – you know, stay-at-home parent or I'm a, a young person that studied something completely different and, and now I'm looking to make a transition. Like what are some of the, do you think, that the key transferable skills? I think cyber is a lot more transferable than people think. Yeah. Um, if you're a stay-at-home parent, you can work from home. We have the ability to be complete remote workers, so that's really cool. Um, definitely people management, you need to um, be open to change, conflict um, within people. Um, and how to manage that uh, well is something that cybersecurity um, professionals often have to deal with. Um, and also, I probably say the willingness to learn because every single day cybersecurity is changing. Like the legal landscape, um, we've just seen the fallout of Medibank. Um, some things will be changing because of that um, within the law, like the privacy law is about to be updated. So, you have to be um, wanting to learn every single day. It's not just a um, one course and a 20-year career trajectory. You do have to kind of keep on top of things. Would you have anything else, Julie? I think, I think for me, um, a couple of skills stand out. Critical thinking goes a really long way in this profession um, and kind of that continuous curiosity and ability to ask questions um, because if you're looking at a challenge, whether it's a strategic, more high-level challenge, or if you're looking at a really technical challenge where you're trying to piece together and run an investigation on how an attack occurred or um, whether there's still a compromise in, in somebody's technology, 
it's all about asking why or what next or is there more um, and being able to kind of leverage your critical thinking and continue that questioning investigative mindset is really, really what fuels the drive and you'll find results within that. Um, you know, if you look at, take something for surface value, you're not going to really dig deeper and, and see what the potential causes are or find even potential solutions. So I think you kind of have to, yeah, if you're curious and if you're wanting to get down to the nitty gritties of things or really discover things, I think it's it's a really cool space to explore that. Yeah, fantastic. So just to recap so far, so I'm hearing that you don't necessarily have to be the most technically savvy, you know, tech whiz getting around to, to get into cybersecurity because there is that large spectrum of like the specialist engineers, the technical um, specific roles. And then there's also the mm-hmm. very human sided uh, roles where it's like a lot of problem solving, critical thinking and things like that. And I'm sure there's roles that transcend both areas of the spectrum i'm sure as well exactly yeah cool um in terms of like your your own career what has been some of the um like if you don't mind me asking like has there been like and if you can share like please if if you can't share that's totally fine because like i can get cybersecurity would be like a bit of a sensitive thing depending on the who you're working with and so forth like what are some of the big wins that perhaps you've had in your in your career and and kind of has spurred you on to be like yes this is i'm enjoying what i'm doing this is like this is why i'm here like you keep going (laughs) i love just seeing like the aha moment in your client that's like oh you're not just doing this to tick off like exercise like you're actually helping me and my team um be be better which feels a bit reductive but um Cybersecurity is like a, it's like it's a little bit hush hush too. It's like you're almost like secret agents, <laughs> kind of, <laughs> where it's like, oh, this is you know clearance code for this, you know. Oh, yeah, let me it's a little bit hack into the mainframe. I don't know. It's all movie <laughs> references for me. <laughs> I think I think one of the um, hang on, may please just repeat the question for a sec. Just yeah, grab sure. A word from it. So, like, what what are the big wins that you feel like you've had in your own career where it's been like? yes, like I'm I'm stoked this is the reason why I'm doing it. Like for me personally, like I love careers, education, the work that I do because I'll get feedback from say a young person being like, oh, I never thought about work like that or I never thought you could, you know, get a career that you're using your strengths, getting rewarded for it, but you also love it. Like I just didn't have that type of connection and I feel like that can really change someone's, you know, view and trajectory. Like has there been like – any aha moments for you where you go, yeah, this is why I do this. This is why I really love it. Yeah, I, th- I think just chasing on from what Em said, that aha moment um, is really valuable. And I think it is because the work we're contributing to, whether it's a really big organisation, um, private sector, public sector, or whether it's a small small to medium um, enterprise in, in Australia or, or wherever it might be, I think some of the, the most amazing things is yeah when something works when a client gets something they learn something and then you know that they'll also be taking that back to their personal life they'll be taking that to their family they'll be taking those you know bits and pieces that you're um creating awareness of and taking it back to regular lives and I think just that contributing you know we're all users of telcos we're all users of banks we're all users of um, retail online shopping these sorts of things 
you're able to support so many people in the role that you do. Um, so I think that is one of the biggest wins overall, and it's what keeps you motivated and keeps you going when you can see that impact and when you can say, oh, we prevented this from occurring, or at least we provided more awareness to that individual. So now they, at least, you know, we're helping at least one person. Mm. So, yeah. I think, I think security is tricky because if you do it well, it should be a no news story and there should be no, like, pat on the back, like, you're, you're in the preventative business. So, like, I don't know, if you never break your leg, no one's like, oh, you okay because you have a cast on. Like, mm. it's not really talked about. Yep. Um, that was probably a shit analogy. No. but um, <laughs> I understood <laughs> Like, um, I think it's it's hard to um, show off because there's so that's why we call security professionals unsung heroes because every single day we're like fighting around the clock to make sure Australians are safe and like our critical infrastructure safe and that's not really like talked about or known about um, because it's going well therefore there's no news story um, so I think the aha moments are just to ourselves. And even if we do yeah. do something really cool, we're probably not allowed to talk about it with our family or friends. So you have to sit on your hands and cheer for yourself and within your colleagues and stuff. So yeah. it's a def- it's, it's not, not like any other industry, I think, in that regard of um, doing a good job isn't exactly obvious. Yeah, that's so well put in. Like I think um, there's a few, I suppose, careers that fall in that bracket. And I think it's sometimes if you do in- enjoy that external validation and the pat on the back it's it's like your ego probably takes a little bit of a yeah <laughs> a hit sometimes when, when like people maybe don't necessarily understand the the depth of the work that you do and yeah it's a really good point um another like question that i've got around you know the industry at large um are you both like pro ai and and that direction <laughs> like knowing that you all the stuff that you know now in in cyber security and like things like you know chat gpt and like because for me i'm quite my journey on learning on the topic um and in relation to cyber security is very novice um but mm. i'm i am an eternal optimist so i'm like you know i can see a lot of good that that'll produce what are your take what, what's your take uh, this is a this is a tricky one um because I think I've kind of skirted and avoided it a little bit, you yeah, know. Okay. Um, I think, especially when we've been, you know, putting together, when we've been putting together Girls Talk Cyber, the more we learn and the more freaky it is, because there's no doubt a lot of the stuff where we're learning as we go um, is really spooky and feels really invasive and all of these things. I kind of think that the more that I'm learning, yes, it's good to be aware of, but sometimes I think it almost makes me more conservative with some of my own practices perhaps Um, and which I tend to maybe avoid until I completely have a rationale about whatever I'm wanting to do. Um, So, yeah, I actually kind of have avoided some of it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I would say... I would say I, it's a really cool tool and if you're not using it in the next five years, you're probably going to be like out of the job because you're not working as quickly mm-hmm. as a lot of people. But from like an individual point of view, I just wouldn't be inputting any personal data into there. Like, yep. um, hey, was I involved in a data breach here? Are all my details, yes or no, go. Or, um, hey, 
my best friend is this person and she did this what do I say like some people are asking like write my brother's wedding speech um and that that's like a fun way to use it um but I would be really careful on what data you're inputting into this machine um where's it going who's storing it who has access to that is there a way they could filter back um in time one day in the future um a really extreme way to look at privacy I, and I'm like why do why do people care if they have my data um, and why do I care if it's in the internet space um, an example of privacy being abused we look back to is back in world the world war two with um, the Nazis took all the information um, that the government had collected on their uh, citizens and who had indicated if they were Jewish or not and they use that information against them. So you never know when um, your gender, your religion, like your core information is going to be used against you. Obviously, that's a very extreme example, um, but it's a good way to think how much information are we putting out there to these um, companies that we don't know much about. So is yeah. AI particular? I'm not sure. Um is it definitely the way of the future? I think so. Um, so let's just use it wisely, just like everything else in life. Mm. That's a good point, Em. Like I think a lot of people will just put their credit card details, their you know email, yep. mobile number, um, and just put it in whatever accounts. Yep. They might Save be buying it. something online, Done. save it online. And then it's funny, like I just had a little aha moment myself. It's like... People are going, oh, scams are, are through the roof these days. Like people are getting, you know, um, jostled for, you know, certain, um, be it like internet scams or phone scams or like I, I feel like every second text message I get is from my bank saying like, hey, just be careful. Like there's certain mm -hmm. um, financial scams going on. And it's like in a day where there's such a flow of like data and information constantly from people on their smart devices – of course, there's probably going to be an increase in in scams and and things like that. Like, so I think it's just yeah. about being smart and being, yeah, as you said, conservative around where you put your yeah. data and how you go about that. Have you got any tips for and for anyone, team? Oh, sorry, you go in. I guess the tip is just absolutely trust no one. No one is your friend. Trust no incoming phone number. Sounds no, even <laughs> I know. Trust no one. Um, but I think that's the world we now live in. Um, you have to be really sceptical if anyone's asking you for money, um, passport details. Like there was a 60 Minutes uh, interview where they AI'd a woman's voice and um, requested. They, they called and pretended to be her with the AI voice and were like, hey, I've lost my passport. Yeah, we're going wild. on a trip. Would you mind? And, like, that is so believable. So that that's you need to have um, probably a safe word with your family. We recommend on Girls Talk Cyber as one of our tips um, is to get a safe word um, with your loved ones. So if that call does come through and it's a very targeted, probably will not happen to the average person, an AI voice generation of someone you love. But that safe word is always a good idea to set up and trust no one, which yeah. is a positive way to live. <laughs> Yeah, I think just that um that thinking twice about everything more broadly as well, whether it's as M said, the direct text messages, the direct calls, but also thinking about um your digital footprint and your online presence more broadly as well. Is everyone in your Facebook friend list really a friend? 
is everyone in your Instagram follow list really someone that you want following you? Um, Kind of going back through and doing those checks is also another good tip. Um, And, you know, maybe five years ago, having a really big online presence was all the rage and it's all about the followers and the likes and all of these things. Um, But I think if you can start reining it in a little bit, um, it's a good place to start in, yeah, reducing that footprint and actually just... uh, putting in those second thoughts around, hang on a second, do I really need to share this? Or yeah, whatever information you're putting into ChatGPT or AI technology, do I really need to ask this question? Um, Or, you know, can I just use some critical thinking Mm. and figure it out myself? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Good point, Julia. Like I love the, um, the analogy of like not necessarily more followers equals, you know, a better, (laughs) a better online presence. That's really good. Cause I think, I know my generation, like we grew up, like when Instagram came a thing, it's like, oh, how many followers you got? Like, da, da, da. it's like, yeah. oh, it doesn't matter who they are, just follow. Like, yeah, exactly. And it's like, yeah. And we do an exercise with a lot of young people in schools. Like, we'll say, you know, jump online, Google yourself, like, see what, see what mm-hmm. comes up. Um, so, yeah, it, it can be an interesting exercise. Okay, team. Well, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you both today and i really appreciate you sharing um those valuable insights around cybersecurity. i know you can't say too much because you're kind of secret <laughs> agents that's the way i see it <laughs> but kim um, on the line. yeah that's it kim possible <laughs> um so the other question that we the other last question i want to ask is a question that we ask all of our guests um and i'll just play um dan's little theme music so bear with me taco taco I'm roaring. <laughs> I'm brewing. I'm yeah. I'm soaking it up. Taco, just thought I'd drop you a little late night surprise for you. <laughs> Still brings a smile sure on my face. The so um, let's go with Julia first. What are you roaring about? I think what I'm roaring about, and it could be a bit of a cop out, but is the girls talk cyber? Yes. <laughs> what a segue. Um, what a segue. Um, em and I have been, you know, talking about it for ages. We've been, you know, amongst our friends, amongst our friendship groups um, who often don't really acknowledge cyber and don't really care necessarily or a bit blasé about online security and, and that sort of thing. So um, Em and I are super stoked and are really passionate about this podcast just because we are able to educate and empower young women and girls. That's the goal, um, to make better decisions online, to feel more confident online, um, and, yeah, hopefully hopefully prevent any um, nasties from happening in the future. Love it. And people can listen to that just on all major podcast platforms by searching Two Girls Talk Cyber. Uh, yeah, by searching Girls Talk Cyber. Girls Talk Cyber. On, um, <laughs> GTC. On, yeah, all, GTC. Fantastic. On all your major um, platforms, yeah. Cool. I'll put um, a link to it in the show notes too. So awesome. thank you. And you can also yeah. follow us on Instagram, um, Girls Talk Cyber as well. And follow. Fantastic. And Facebook, Facebook group as well, Girls Talk Cyber GTC. So hope to see you there. Awesome. And what about if you identify as a male, can you still join the Facebook club and yeah. things like that? It's just a, it's a girly pop energy. But it doesn't mean you have to be a girl. Fantastic. That is kind of what we are producing. Um, so girl dads are welcome. Fantastic. Come on, come on Might over. see me there. Might see me there. And M, 
yourself, what are you worrying about? What am I worrying about? Well, Jules has ticked the obvious box of our new podcast, but I am worrying about a new game called Contexto that um, we're playing at work a lot. Um, basically, it's a web-based app. You can type it in yourself um, and AI generates a word and you have to keep guessing words like bowl, tree, person, and it'll give you um, – a score based on how close you are to that word and how many letters, uh, how many words away you are from that word. Um, so if it was tree, you'd probably be looking at like green, leaf, um, wood, that would that kind of yeah, get yep. to the word. Um, it's funner when you play it um, and everyone can play it and everyone gets around it and it's always a big cheer when you get the word. Um, that probably makes me sound like a really boring person, <laughs> but it's, it's really fun, I promise, um, and you can play it with any genre of human. Fantastic. Um, so. It probably sounds like you're developing your critical thinking skill as well, as we said. See, lateral thinking. Yeah. Where are we going? Love it. <laughs> well, team, thank you so much for joining me on the show. Really do appreciate it. Um, and our listeners can get in touch with um, you both via the Girls Talk Cyber email. Do you mind sharing that? Probably Facebook group. Facebook yeah, group. Yeah, we don't, Apologies. We don't share. Ah, of course, privacy, cyber security. <laughs> Uh, Instagram or Facebook. Giving out our Instagram email. Willy nilly. Thank you. <laughs> I probably need to learn a thing or two <laughs> on that. Go listen. <laughs> Episode two. Good, good tips. Fantastic. For emails. Awesome team. Well, thanks so much for joining me. Thanks, thanks so, so much, much for having Tyson. us. It's been so much fun. Good job.